0: So good morning. Um, I think we're still waiting for people to get on right now. Good morning. Uh, this is Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Uh, today is Sunday, January 24th, and the time is just flying by, and here we are. We're back again for another edition of uh, Livestream Sunday School. Thanks for being here this morning. It is officially 9.30, welcome. While we allow individuals to get on with us this morning, we're going to go ahead and uh, play the musical selection. Uh, by Walter Hawkins, uh, and it's simply titled, Thank You. So while we allow people to get on with us, uh, uh, please listen to the music and enjoy it, and uh, we will circle back in a few minutes. Thank you. without, <laughs> without <homes. laughs> living out in the streets It took a Song Hey, Jasper, good morning. Good morning. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's was getting there. Julier King and David Fry are watching. Good morning. Good morning to you. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. Taylor King. Tailer. Ed Parkman is watching. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Amen. Okay. Well, that was a selection um, from uh, Walter Hawkins. Now, that was not Walter Hawkins singing the last part of that. That was someone in that choir, so... Uh, but the song is simply titled "Thank You," and you kind of figure that out just from hearing <laughs> the lyrics. Um, but we are indeed thankful, aren't we? We're thankful for, frankly, God's grace, um, God's grace and mercy. He has uh, certainly, just from a personal viewpoint, uh, for as far as our church is concerned, He has kept us and protected us as a church, and uh, that's going to lead us into uh, the announcements I have as well, too. But. Uh, thank you again, uh, Arlen, and all those responsible for presenting uh, music in the morning. It has really, all these weeks that we've been doing this now online, it has really set the tone for Sunday School, and we really appreciate it. And as I had mentioned a while back, and I'm not sure uh, if uh, there are some people maybe online with us that are not aware of it, we're probably going to be doing Sunday School online for the foreseeable future because of the nature of what we're dealing with. We um, Once we congregate as a church, when we get back in the building, uh, we're going to be in the building, give praise and worship, and get out of the building. We're not going to be spending spending all kinds of time there, um, which is really a shame that we have to do those things. But at the same time, um, we want to make sure that we are doing what is prudent and necessary for the protection of the saints, uh, keeping them safe, especially our senior population. And so we appreciate everybody's understanding with that. Um, What that means essentially is that uh, for the next uh, six weeks we're going to be online uh, in in its entirety. Uh, We uh, have postponed the return to the building uh, to Sunday, March 7th, which is actually six weeks away from today. Uh, That is the projected return. Now obviously that has everything to do with the conditions Uh, that are taking place right now in the the county and the state as far as cases, and we want to make sure that we are doing everything we can just to keep people out of harm's way when it comes to that. We of course implore you to continue to follow the protocols that we've been uh, asked to follow as far as washing your hands and all the necessary things to do to keep your hand sanitizer nearby. uh, Keep yourself... uh, safe in that manner. Uh, Take care of your own business and of course we'll do what we can to make sure that we're putting the proper protocols in place when we do return to the building as we have done in the past. We've done it successfully and we'll continue to do that. But we also want to make sure that everybody is safe. So uh, March 7th is now the new date which has not yet been updated on our website or anything like that because it just kind of was decided last night. We'll um, just pass it on. Now with that in mind Please remember your tithes and offerings. We want to keep the, the church business running and make sure that the bills are being paid and all of that. So uh, if you are mailing your tithes and offerings, uh, you mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And we do make available every Sunday uh, a drop box at the church where you can just do a drive-through uh, drop of your offering Uh, between 11.30 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. every Sunday morning. If you're going out today, bundle up. Uh, It's about, I said it was about 21 degrees with a wind chill of 11. So just keep that in mind. That was as of a little bit earlier this morning. It might be a little bit better, uh, but not much. (laughs) It's still cold. So if you are going out today, just keep that in mind and uh, bundle up accordingly. Uh, We appreciate your consideration. Yep, 21 feels like 12. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cold. Uh, so keep that in mind as well, too. Um, also, please stay tuned online today for Pastor Gus's message. Uh, it is ready. It is is pre-recorded. It will be available uh, immediately after Sunday school. The message, We Can Serve in Government Without Losing Sight of Jesus. Uh, That is the title of the message. It will be available later on today. Um, Well, actually, all you need to do is just once you get off of uh, Sunday School, you scroll the timeline, and you will see uh, the message already populated uh, in the uh, timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, and you'll be able to uh, look at Pastor Gus's message. We encourage you to make sure that you're making the most of your time uh, of church and Sunday School online because we're going to be doing this for another 6 weeks just like this. And we appreciate your understanding in that as we try to work through those things Can you and message about, about worship ABC? Oh yes, and uh, my, my bride just told me to to mention that there is a a, a brief note that I sent about 3-minute message about the online uh, use of online uh, protocol when it comes to the ABCs of online worship and Sunday school and studies. Bible studies, I think that's what I, I called it, um, uh, take the time to look at that as well too. There are some points made about how you should focus because it's a totally different approach than what we're used to when it comes to church, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that you get anything less out of the me- uh, messages or information being presented. Uh, it is there for your benefit. It is there for your growth potential, And but it requires uh, uh, an approach that you'll need to take as we do this online. And we're going to be doing it online for the next few weeks. And we're going to be online for Sunday school for quite a while. So please keep that in mind. And also remember to reach out to someone uh, who is not able to join us online. Please make sure that you're calling people and talking to them and encouraging them and checking on them just to see how they're doing. We need to make sure that that fellowship aspect of church uh, does not get left behind. It is very important for us to continue to do those very things. Um, Call someone and talk to them. It only takes a few minutes of your time, but it it goes way beyond what you can imagine when you're reaching out to someone. Because unfortunately, not everyone, uh, even though the technology is there for most of us, uh, not everyone is capable or able to get online for different reasons. It may be something as simple as I don't have Wi-Fi. You know, I mean, that's uh, that may be it, and we have to keep that in mind as we're talking to uh, people who are not with church. You know who those people are. You just look them up, look in your directory, think about them, reach out to them, and say something, and, the card? and just or send a card, right? Send a, letter, note, something. Uh, send a note, send a card. Um, if you and and, I, and and yes, we're all missing the physical contact. Amen. Uh, Arlen just made a great point. Missing the hugs. The hugs are. The hugs are crucial, aren't they? I mean, they are very important. That is the one thing of all the things that we've missed uh, is that physical contact. But at the same time, uh, we recognize that the challenge we have right now is to make sure that we are not uh, engaging in those things. We we have to be very careful about that. Um, So we just need to keep those things in mind and all the more reason to call them and talk to them. Keep those things going. Um, Okay. I think I covered all the announcements. That was quite a bit. Uh, But please do make sure that you stay on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page after we're done and take a look at the additional resources available, including today's message by Pastor Gus. Okay, we are going to go ahead and get into the lesson today. Um, I'm going to pray, and we will do that first, but uh, uh, we will be in 1 Timothy. We're continuing in the study of 1 Timothy. Let's go ahead and... uh, Look to the Lord. Is there something else I'm missing? Ronnie was asking about the directory. the 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 most recent church directory that was done I don't know, about a year ago. Do we, have it? Uh, we have it, but it's like in a PDF form. It's uh, I don't know. I don't have it in a paper form. Um, uh, Ronnie, if you have an email address, why don't you include it and we'll try and get it to you? Because I can send it to you. So Just send it. Send it to Lynn. On uh, Facebook. On on Facebook Messenger, just send that information, and we'll try to get that to you. Okay? Um, It's a it's a simple document, not a it's not a big one. So, but we can we can get that for you if you need that. Okay? Um, And thank you for asking the question. Though that's what this form this is what we got here. This is our form. So if you have questions about things like that, we can provide them for you. Um, And of course, as always, uh, for those who of us uh, those of you who are online right now too, we also have a website, Akron Alliance alloneword.org, where uh, content is updated uh, uh, later in the day once we complete what we're doing here on Sundays. But we have a lot of valuable resources, including uh, messages, text uh, information about messages. Uh, We have uh, podcasts that are available as well, too. So please just keep all those things in mind. We have a a wealth of resources that are available for you uh, if you want to go back in time and look at some of those as well, too. All right, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. And we just thank you for being here this morning. There's so much to go through today. There are not that many passages, but the information is rich. I can tell you that right now. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that you allow us to gather together and hear you speak to us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We ask that you just continue to teach us, guide us, motivate us, to have a desire for more of your word each and every day. Help us, Lord, to remember that it's not just Sundays we do these things, we do them every day. And help us to be conscious of reading and studying your word each day so that we can be prepared, be ready to speak when called upon by uh, God himself to speak to other people about uh, the love and saving grace of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your presence this morning. We know that where more than two are gathered, you are here. And, Lord, you don't specify how we are gathered. You just specify that we're gathered. So we just thank you that we're able to get together right here online. And we know that you're present. Thank you, Lord. And we just ask that you just bless us and keep us as a people, as a church, and as a nation. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to... First Timothy chapter one. First Timothy one, we're going to continue in the remainder of chapter one and look at verses 12 through 20. Uh, this is a passage that there aren't that many verses, but it is jam packed with information and it's going to be very beneficial. And what I will want you to understand is that, you know, sometimes uh, God gives us information that really cuts to the core of who we are as people. And we need to understand that uh, that's what this particular passage is doing. Paul is pretty much uh, putting himself and throwing himself on the sword to reflect the type of person that he is. But at the same time, while he's doing that, the more I think about it, it has every bit of application to who we are as a people and what we are doing. So let's go ahead. I'm going to read verses 12 through 20. 1 Timothy chapter 1 uh, in the New Living Translation. Please, uh, if you have your Bibles and electronic devices and you know who you are, uh, you can follow along uh, with this and we can go over this passage together. Starting with verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. Verse 15. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of all, worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. Verse 18. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so they might learn not to blaspheme God. Okay, that is 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 12 through 20. And as you can see, the information here is, is more about Paul speaking about who he is and giving instructions to Timothy. And the instructions essentially are on right belief, which is the what is being discussed here in this particular passage. And the specific topic here is that uh, Paul is expressing how the Lord was just very gracious to him and how much he, uh, frankly, just is in a lot of gratitude because of how gracious God was in spite of who Paul was. So let's go back and look at this passage again and, and take a closer dive or a deeper dive into what we're talking about right now. Back at the top, verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me to be trustworthy, considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. Now, when I first read this and looked at this passage, um, that's all contained in one paragraph. The first thing you need to do when you look at this is say, you know what? Paul might be speaking here, but this is all about me. It's all about me as a person. Because there was a life prior to your becoming a believer in Jesus Christ where you were all of these things. You may not have physically murdered anyone uh, or did anything like what he did. Uh, And he is pretty much telling everyone here in this passage that he was already had opposed God. And yet, God was merciful. Well, here's a, a truth that we all need to recognize. When we were non believers, we opposed God. We blasphemed his name. We persecuted uh, people, perhaps, that knew the Lord because we either called them silly or stupid or, or we just didn't want to follow them because we felt like we were going in the right direction. There were many things that we did when we were non believers. And I don't even want to think about the things that I used to do where you know, I would just make fun of people, act in very unkind ways to people and say things that weren't very nice. And I remember them very well. Uh, And those are things that you obviously have repented for by now, hopefully. (laughs) And uh, you've given those things over to the Lord Jesus Christ to take care of your sins because it was sinful behavior. And so God in his graciousness forgave us, forgave you, forgave me, forgave all of us for those things that we did. So that's what it says in verse 14. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. He had to give us the Holy Spirit to be able to recognize uh, the change in our lives, recognize the need to change, to throw off the old and do the new that is honoring him. Now, I want to say this because it, we also want to take further with this as well, too, because we need to understand that people can sometimes feel very guilty about what they've done in the past, very guilt ridden, just for whatever reason, not living in the acceptance that Christ Jesus died for their sins and took care of all those things, but are just hanging on to those things that we did in the past. I don't want to hang on to that stuff. I don't want to hang on to any of that. I, no one should want to hang on to that and and keep dwelling on it over and over again. You don't forget about it, but if if Jesus Christ, if you have to look at it logically, if Jesus Christ has forgiven your sins and it goes as far as it is from the east to the west, then why are you holding on to it? Because ultimately, that's what it comes down to. We don't need to hold on to those things. We need to know that God forgives us and accept his forgiveness. Because that's what allows us to grow in Christ. We certainly know that we as individuals, you know, some of us may have been really dramatic, a lot of drama, a lot of things that we may have done in the past. And and God has to take all of that and Just like you're getting ready to throw something away that's garbage. Just ball it up. Ball it up in your hands and toss it. And it's gone forever. And I think that's how we have to look at our lives sometimes. Um, Paul was talking about how he was just a blasphemer, hunted down and murdered God's people. And I mentioned before, we may not have murdered them physically, but we may have murdered people spiritually. We may have murdered people emotionally with our behaviors. Um, reputations, all those things, right? Uh, these are all things that we need to keep in mind. Um, he persecuted, he was violent, but he, of course, if you read in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, we don't need to turn to that, but you go back and look at it. Um, God had to get Paul's attention, and of course he was named Saul at the time, in ways that hardly anybody else that we know had, get, had to get that attention. I mean, he had to blind him and And set him straight and give him the true story about how Saul was persecuting Jesus because of his actions. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because Saul knew without a doubt who was speaking at that very moment. And so sometimes it takes a very dramatic uh, incident for people to make a decision to follow Christ. Now, mine was less dramatic. I mean, I recognized that I needed more than what I had at that time. And when it came to my life and where it was going, uh, a lot of uncertainty. And I had to make, I made the decision that I needed to trust Jesus Christ in my life. And so it was less dramatic. Uh, it was more of a, uh, a, a calling to, to move forward now. It's time for you to grow up a little bit. It's time for you to do the things that uh, a man should be doing. And I was 26 years old. And I had the great pleasure of uh, accepting and acknowledging Christ. And I had the great pleasure about a couple of weeks later uh, in that church of uh, getting baptized. And I was the only 26-year-old in the line. And meanwhile, there are all these little kids with me in line to go get baptized. Uh, it, was a, it was quite a sight. But it was one of the greater moments of my life. I mean, you, you, you can't uh, express or imagine how much... Uh, It is when you feel like you've had a weight lifted from your shoulders. You still don't know exactly how things are going to turn out because you're still moving forward. But he gave me the courage to press forward and trust in him. And that's what we all had to do when we came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So you need to understand that in spite of our actions in the past, in spite of our... um, The way we treated people. And we did murder people, uh, like I said, emotionally and physically. We did those things uh, from a standpoint of uh, just giving harm, being harmful to them. Uh, Maybe not killing them, but uh, here's the example that Paul is giving. He killed people. And so he is saying he is the chief sinner. And that is what we need to look at here. So God forgave you, and he used Paul mightily in his kingdom as a result. And so for that reason, that's why... Paul is saying saying that God is just generous and gracious and gave him faith and gave him love. And so we need, need to understand that no matter how shameful your past is, no matter what you did to people, how you treated people, how you lived your life, God also can forgive you. He has forgiven you and he can use you in the body. That's the other thing. Just because of your past, you don't uh, not you don't just say, well, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me, but now I'll just sit on the sidelines here, and I won't, you know, necessarily put myself out there because my reputation may not be very good. Well, what was Paul's reputation? You know, people looked at him twice and three times too when he showed up, saying, isn't that the guy who was killing people? You know, and they had this gave him this side eye. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, when it came right down to it until Paul had to explain himself and express who he was. So, the same thing can happen for you. Yeah, you know, somebody might give you a side eye. Say, like, that that person saved now? Well, God can do anything. God can do anything. God can do anything that he pleases to do. And he pleases for every one of us to have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And... Not just only that, but to also serve him in his kingdom. Just as Paul was serving Jesus Christ in the kingdom. So, there's no one, there's no such thing as exclusivity. We are all invited. We need to accept the invitation. And we need to fulfill those things that Christ has told us to do. So... The passage starts ominously here in 1 Timothy because it talks about the kind of person Paul was. And and honestly, Paul, because of his boldness and how he spoke out, that can be intimidating. I I get that. He was chosen by God because of the way he speaks. Uh, He had to choose someone in that particular role who was very outspoken, told it like it was, said what was needed to be said, and there are people in our lives that we run into that are just like that. Um, The old preacher on the street down on 9th Street, uh, not 9th Street, it was down on Public Square, uh, down by old Peterson Nut Company. There was a guy, there was a preacher, um, who a street preacher, just spoke out boldly. In Cleveland. In Cleveland, yeah. I need to qualify that. You're right. In Cleveland. uh, Downtown Cleveland. And it was... uh, I remember it because when I used to walk by there, going back and forth between work and going to the rapid, uh, down to the rapid station at Terminal Tower, I'd hear this guy speak. And he would say, you need Jesus. Said it out bold. and His voice was a big voice. He, it wasn't a timid voice at all. He, a lot of you who actually were down there at that time would know exactly what I'm referring to. He indeed um, had a bold voice, and he spoke. And that's why Paul was chosen. And so we need to keep in mind that when Paul is speaking in boldness back at that time, he was trying to give people a clue as to who he was and try to take the edge off a little bit and say, Look, God saved me. God uh, allowed me to do what I'm doing right now because he saved me. And we need to understand that there is an opportunity for growth for all of us in the midst of hearing messages or hearing things that are coming forth from other people. If you know God is speaking, you need to listen. If you know God is speaking, we need to understand that he is speaking to us in love and in concern. He cares about us. He wants us to prosper in our faith. He wants us to grow in our relationship with him. He wants us to understand that he loves us. And so in spite of what we've done in the past, Christ died on the cross for us and loves us. And he loves us and he wants us to love others in the same way that he loves us. With all of our hearts, souls, and all of our strength. That's what he wants us to do because that's exactly how he loves us. And we need to understand that as we get further and deeper into the faith. And he wants us to grow in this love. He wants us to grow in this faith. We should not be standing pat in our faith. We shouldn't be standing pat in our relationship with him. He wants us to continue to grow and not wallow in misery because of things we've done in the past. Um, We need to um, make sure that we're paying attention to the very fact that he loves us. Um, We can stop for a moment and pray. Uh, I I see the note there that Tasha Lynn uh, sent to us. Um, Sure, we can pray right now. Father, we just thank you uh, for Tasha Lynn to present the need for prayer. Um, There seems to be a financial issue. We need some money. And Lord, we just pray about that situation right now that, Lord, you know what Tasha Lynn needs before we do and before sometimes even, you know, the person asking for prayer knows. And you know that you have people in the midst who can provide uh, because, Uh, Lord, we are paying attention to you and listening to you directly. We pray for Tasha Lynn. We pray for peace for her right now because that's what's most important. But we also pray for you to provide for her. Uh, Whatever it is, send someone to her to give her what she needs. Give her what she needs to be able to take care of business because we know that as we pray, Lord, you have told us that you take care of the very birds. They are able to find food. They are able to get what they need and And yet they do not suffer. And, Lord, you take care of us and value us even much more than the birds. So we thank you for uh, the reminders of your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your very presence this morning. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And we pray that that will take place for you today. Uh, God is able to do all sorts of things. We pray that uh, he's able to meet your needs today. And perhaps even meet your needs in way that you, ways that you don't even realize, uh, uh, which is always important. But it starts with prayer, and we thank you for sharing that online today. God bless you. So we need to keep in mind that Paul is reminding us of God's goodness, and we need to understand that he has is doing the work, and he's going to carry that work into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's in Philippians 1.6. Let's drop down in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, and continue. This is a trustworthy saving, saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. Now, Paul is making this statement because he is demonstrating that, the pastor, that, the, that he, in fact, as a leader in the church, as a person who has been appointed by God to do all the things that he's been asked to do, and he kind of had that role of pastor, and then he uh, then he handed it off to other people to continue the ministry. He is saying he is the worst of all. He was saying that he was indeed a chief sinner. That's another word used in different passages. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of all. So Paul is now giving us what? The good news. He's giving us the gospel message in this passage. He is saying there's good news that uh, indeed... Jesus came into the world to save sinners and that no sinner, no matter what you've done or what was wrong in your life, is beyond his saving power. He saves everyone. He saved the thief on the cross at the moment he was going to die. He, I always go back to that because that's something we need to understand that's very, very important. In order to accept Resolve and accept in your life Jesus Christ. You have to believe that He is a Savior. You have to believe that He is indeed who He is, and really that's all that's needed. Um, the thief on the cross recognized who He was and said, "Lord, forgive me." I mean, that's and that's all it takes, and you just receive, in fact, His forgiveness right there, and you receive the good news, which is eternal life. Because you believed in him. Uh, We don't want to ever make the gospel more complicated than what it really is. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Period. That's what we need to always remember. And we just need to believe in him. Now, there's all kinds of growth and development, even in the process of believing. Uh, Believing in him is the first step. There's much more that we as believers have to continue to do and have to continue to grow in doing. And we need to see his grace in the midst of all of that. Um, turn real quick to Luke 5.32. I want to take a look at this passage. Keep your finger where you are if you need to, but, and we'll get back to First Timothy, but go to Luke 5.32. A very simple verse, but it gives the reason for Jesus's purpose when he, went, uh, when he came down to earth, his very purpose indeed. Um, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's his purpose. That's why Jesus came to earth. He didn't just come to show us how to live better lives or challenge us to be better people. He came to offer us salvation, which leads to eternal life. And that's what's important. So, Now, the question, you know, you ask after that is, have you accepted that offer? Because it's an offer that's always present. He never rescinds it. He never withdraws it. It's always there and always has been there. It was there. And frankly, as he was trying to speak to us when we were non-believers, it's always been there. So we need to understand that um, the offer is extended by Christ for salvation. Yes, he does want us to live better lives. Yes, he is teaching us through the power of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we have to get back to the basics. And the basics are is that this is a gospel message. And he is speaking to those individuals who are listening to him or that he's writing to in this letter who are on the fence about this thing about Christ. People can spend their entire lives in a church and know that they're there because of Christ, but yet not acknowledge Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So we say these things to remind everyone that the invitation is always open and extended to those people to come to that saving knowledge. I pray that I'm very thankful that my father-in-law accepted Christ about 10 days before he passed on. And he was 96 years old. So he had the entire life, his entire life. And he was aware of church. And he served as an altar boy, I believe, in Catholic church. was completely aware of it. But there are a lot of people out there who just never took that extra step to understand what Christ had done and his goodness. And sometimes it takes people their entire lives to realize. I actually thought about that this morning. You realize, you know, I'm 61 years old. You know, it took me a good part of my life to figure out even after I got saved how much God is teaching and how much we're learning. And I was a non-traditional student. I didn't graduate from college until I started college when I was in 1977, but I didn't graduate until 2002. I took quite a path there. That's a long path to get your your bachelor's degree. <laughs> That's a long path. That's a, that's, a, that's a smidge of a path. But but God uh, gave me the grace to have it done in such a way where I could get it paid for uh, on the back end uh, My my bachelor's degree. University of Akron, go zips. And uh, just continue from there and be able to now go to, uh, back to school for a master's degree, which I picked up in 2016. And the path... You see the length of that path from 1977 to 2016 going through school and, and learning and not just about school stuff but also about life stuff. You take a path sometimes it can be a zigzag. It's not necessarily a straight line. But that's how God is teaching us and developing us as we go through life. We, we need to understand that sometimes it takes our lives, our entire lives in, in many ways to really learn about God's goodness about how gracious he has been. And I, I hope that everybody who's hearting online and thumbs up, I mean, you can see that in your own life. I don't need to tell you. You can look at your life and recognize those very things. Okay, let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 1. Drop down to verse 16, where we were. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. That's why he said that. He wanted people to see that God was patient with him. And therefore, God can be more than patient with you. All glory and honor to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. The unseen one who never dies, the uncreated creator, he is there Um, for all eternity. He's been there for all eternity and he is there for you. He loves you and he wants to love you uh, where you can recognize his love and see his love in your life. Okay, verse 18. Timothy, now, now we switch over to where he has a conversation with Timothy about what's going on. My son, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. That's verse 18, based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. And the prophetic words, just to uh, give you a highlight about that. Um, it was a message that was given. I'll, I'll talk about that in one second. Let me finish reading the verse. Slow down now, <laughs> just to make sure I'm not going too fast. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Okay. I want to make sure I finish the verse. So Paul highly valued the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is indeed a gift. There is a gift of prophecy that exists. It is not just an Old Testament um, is not an Old Testament thing it is a New Testament thing as well too take a look real quick at 1 Corinthians 14 1 um, we need to understand that uh, what what Paul is doing here is talking to Timothy directly about, about how there were prophetic words about him and I think he's saying this to Timothy as a reminder that God did indeed choose him to do what he was doing and I think that that's what we need to understand uh, is that um, people will say things all the time, but you know, every now and then you run into folks who, who say they have a prophetic word. Well, first of all, prophecy is based upon if it comes true. Amen? Uh, we need to understand that, but there is good prophecy out there where people will speak, and it is indeed true once it's, it's proven out. Um, 1 Corinthians 14.1 Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, you can desire that. It has to be given to you as a gift. It may not be given to you. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't have discernment. You can have different things that God gives you spiritually. And you should pray for a spiritual gift because you want to know, you should always be asking God, how is he using you? God, uh, Lord, use me the way you want to use me. That should be a prayer of yours as you continue to focus on your relationship with him. God... Use, you know, allow me to understand how you want me to be used in this day and time. We know that we're in a very dark world. We should be praying to God for wisdom and guidance often, early and often. We need to do those things. So here we are looking at the importance of prophecy. Um, and in, refer- in reference to Timothy, through prophecy, important messages of warning and encouragement came to the church. That's what's being referred to here. Pastors are ordained and set apart for ministry in church today. And Timothy was set apart for ministry when elders laid their hands on him. And that comes later on in 1 Timothy 4.14, where the elders laid hands on him. They recognized that he was going to be the leader. Remember, he was younger. He was not as old as them. but Yet there was these older people laying hands on Timothy as being a church leader. And so we need to understand that Um, Sometimes we get called in the ministry because God is speaking in a certain way where we need to recognize that calling. And so that's an issue of ongoing, regular, faithful prayer, meditation, and seeking the Lord. One of the things that we have talked about in our talking about living according to God's image, you've heard me say this before, Uh, living according to God's image. Uh, I being the investigator of his word, not just reading the word, but investigating it and getting deeper into it. And the M word about meditating on it because you need to be looking at what you're reading each day and meditating about how is God speaking to you when it comes to that word and what's being said. Of course, A for acting out, acting the word, acting according to the word, being obedient to the word. G for growth, growing daily as you continue to look at him and his word and e for endurance because goodness knows we have to endure all kinds of stuff that happens in the world today and god allows those things frankly for us to grow and for us to mature in our faith so it takes much of our life to mature and we need to understand that and part of our maturity is knowing how god is speaking to us as we grow we are not babes in Christ. I mean, if you're a believer and you were a believer 20 years ago or whatever that time frame was or 10 years ago or even five years ago, you're no longer a babe in Christ. You should be growing and progressing in your faith as you seek the Lord. And so what Timothy had to understand, several believers apparently had prophesied about Timothy's gifts, his strengths, the things that he were going to be able to share to a church. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because those gifts were apparent because the Spirit was speaking and giving this information to Timothy. Because sometimes, even in our own skin, we don't realize what God is doing. And sometimes we have to have other people tell us. And there's nothing wrong with that. There, that It is God working together with many believers in the body for what? Our good. Our good. Our understanding. Uh, he needs us to see our greatest potential. And that's what we need to see as well. Because if we're not confident about who we are, we won't recognize our greatest potential in the faith. So we need to see those things. And sometimes uh, what Paul Paul was saying here was that, Timothy, you were prophesied to do wonderful things in the church. So recognize that. And may they help you fight well in the battles, which is endurance. We have battles, don't we? There are things that we deal with every day. And a, a word of caution... Um, the world will make you or distract you and have you focus on things that take you off of the focus of him. And we've seen that day after day. There, you, If you are not uh, paying attention to the Lord, you are paying attention to little things here, little things there, distractions of the world. And sometimes our finances can even be a distraction. I don't mean to say that to be uh, in any way flippant uh, but the reality is is that we need to understand that God loves us beyond where we are in our persons in our we're in our situations His love for us extends well beyond that sometimes we just need to be prayerful and more prayerful and continuing to seek him and seek his favor so that we understand what's happening in our lives so I'm just mentioning that because it was just brought to mind that we don't ever want to let our distractions take us away from where the primary focus should be. And not even the good, yeah, not even good distractions. You know, when, when my wife and I go on vacation, we still talk about Jesus. Uh, and when we go on vacation again, guess what? We're having Sunday school. And we're going to keep doing those things because that's where the focus needs to be. We, we're not going to take a vacation from the Lord. Uh, that's the whole point. It's still a matter of conversation. It's still a matter of discussion. You do your devotionals every day, no matter where you're at. If you're on vacation, you do your devotionals where you're at there. And you stay focused and prayerful as to what God would have you to do. Okay. I hope that, I hope you get that. I, I think that's really important for us to remember too. Um, we never take a vacation from Jesus. He never takes a vacation from us. He's always present no matter what's going on. He wants us to have good times and, and enjoy ourselves, but, but ultimately what it comes down to is that we don't take a vacation from him. We don't just get away from him. And I'm, I am con- my, I'm convicted. You know, We did the Sunday school thing when we were away on vacation uh, last fall, and we're going to do it again when we go on vacation again because uh, I, don't, I don't ever want to let that go. I think it's very important for us to stay in the Word. Um. It's important for me to stay in the Word. Let's just leave it there. Um, all right, let's get down to verse 19 and 20 to close. Uh, get ready to close this thing out here. Cling to your faith in Christ. Back to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. Amen. Keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. So now you see why it's important for you to keep your conscience clear? You don't ever want to allow yourself to be distracted to the point where you're just now focusing on something totally different and something that's anti-Christ, which is what you don't want to do. We have to mention that because believers mess up and believers sometimes get sidetracked. So uh, then he mentions in verse 20, Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so they might learn not to blaspheme God. Um now, just to give you a little bit of um, a mild history, Alexander, we're not really sure who he is. We think he is an associate of Hymenaeus. Uh, we think that he was just someone who was following him. Um, the error that was mentioned that Hymenaeus was involved in comes in the next chapter, uh, excuse me, comes in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, which we're not going to cover. Uh, we'll get to that eventually. But essentially, the reason why he was being thrown out and handed over to Satan is because he was teaching a false teaching. He was claiming that the resurrection of Jesus had already occurred, not not the resurrection raising from the dead and going to heaven um, during the ascension, but the second resurrection was what he was referring to. And so that was just a false teaching because we knew that that had not occurred then. And so Paul said he handed him over to Satan because he knew that They were teaching something deliberately that was not correct. And he wanted them out of the church. He wanted them out of the fellowship because they were not uh, providing the proper instruction. And I'm sure what had happened was that they were pulled aside and told, uh, "Hymenius, this is not right. You're not teaching what's correct. And he just ignored them or just didn't pay attention to them. So you have to throw them out. You have to make them see the error of their ways and and make them repent of their sin. Never, ever compromise on the word that's being spoken. Always seek truth. Even if you don't know the entire truth, seek God and ask him. He will tell you what the truth is. He will show you in his word what the truth is. Always seek after him. So the purpose of all this was correction. You need to make sure that you're correcting people who are incorrect in their teaching. Um... The church needs to take the high road and not be lax when it comes to correcting errors. We have to make sure that we're make, uh, that all the word is being taught deliberately. A lot of churches have gotten very lazy about that. We don't allow people who are deliberately disobedient to continue to teach uh, and try to present it as truth. It misleads people. It's not appropriate. It does not help the body of Christ. Discipline has to be done in a way that tries to bring the offender back to Christ. It doesn't condemn them forever. It doesn't mean that they can't be loved by the church. But you don't put up with people who deliberately continue to teach a false teaching because they need to understand that that's not right. God will deal with people like that, but we need to make sure they are not in the midst of others and trying to influence them with a false teaching. You have to understand that this was a very... uh, big problem back in the day. Uh, the Coloss Church, the Ephesians Church, a lot of false teaching was emanating from those pulpits, the people who were involved within the, the church. People were saying things that weren't uh, appropriate. And so we need to understand that. We want to have love. We want to be strengthen, strengthening people. We want to be training them. Uh, we want to make sure that we're correcting them in love. So... We need to make sure that even though they make the mistakes, they're not under permanent exile. God forgives all people. We just got through saying this at the top of this. God forgives everyone. You need to repent and go to him and ask for forgiveness, and he will indeed forgive you. Uh, But, of course, those individuals who willingly and willfully teach false teaching, they will have a much harsher penalty because of how they mislead people Uh, that are followers of theirs. So there's a high calling and a high responsibility for people who teach, that they must teach truth, and they must even correct themselves before they are corrected by others and be willing to be corrected. All teachers need to be teachable. All of us need to be teachable. If you're not teachable, you're not going to grow. You're not going to learn. You're not going to understand what God is saying to you. And that's a tragic thing to happen. We need to make sure that we're always teachable people, always willing to grow, always willing to learn, and willing to prosper in our faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for how you indeed guide us and lead us And we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for Paul who gave of himself in service for you and spoke truthfully about who he was for the sole purpose of letting other people know that they too are not beyond salvation, that they are not beyond forgiveness. And Lord, we need to hear that same thing today too. Anyone we speak to about the love and faith of Jesus Christ we are not beyond your grace we thank you for that we thank you for indeed forgiving us for our sins and Lord we've had many sins and we still sin but Lord we just thank you that you help us day by day to learn more and more about how not to sin against you and we just thank you for your teaching and we thank you for your very presence in the power of the Holy Spirit we just thank you Lord We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. A brief reminder that, of course, we're going to be online, and we appreciate everyone who's been online with us this morning. Um, Stay tuned after this, um, where you just stay in the timeline here in Akron Alliance Fellowship on the Facebook page, and look for Pastor Gus's message for today, for the 24th. Uh, We can serve in government without losing sight of Jesus. That's the message. Please remember also to call on other people uh, and, and looking on them who are not able to join us online. And pray about ways for them if they can get online. Uh, if there's a way for them to do it, we pray that you'll just pray for those individuals as well too. Um, please always make sure that you are following the ABCs of being online when it comes to worship and Bible study. Allow for the time. Be intentional. And C, call on the Holy Spirit. Those are the three things we need to be doing. Uh, those are the ABCs of online. Make this a deliberate approach that we need to make sure we're doing. And, you have a message online about it. and there is a message online about that. It's a three-minute message also in the timeline of the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. So also drop down and take a look at that, too, if you can. God bless you all. It's been a good Sunday. A little chilly outside, so if you're going out and dropping off the tithes and offerings at church, please do so uh, with care. God bless you all. You take care, and we'll see you next week for Sunday School. See you next time.